0: Well, welcome to Quantum Number One Hundred and Seventy-One. Looking at news and views and culture from all over the world and trying to understand what's going on. Well, there's not much doubt about what went on here. I got it. I got it. A... Hey, Bobby. Bring really
1: like Come, Come here. I've got you, hey, Bobby. What's your name? You're all right.
0: What's your Come name? Down. What's your name? sweetheart? up. That is a little girl called Cleo Smith, four years old, who for 18 days had been, had been missing. Um, assumed she was snatched, and she was, in the middle of the night from her parents' tent as she was camping in Western Australia's Northwest. A 36-year-old man is in police custody, and he will be charged with kidnapping. Just... To see her face sitting on that hospital bed, one hand waving to the camera, the other with a kind of ice lolly in her hand. It's just been a really, really good news story. I was lost, but now I'm found. Of course, like all good news stories, there's a a mixed side to it as well. The 36-year-old man who's alleged to have kidnapped her is aboriginal and there are considerable concerns and social stresses and strains uh, particularly from the aboriginal elders and we we hope and pray that this isn't used to further community tensions or racism or anything like that but just it's a really good news story. Now is COP26 a good news story? The Chloe Smith story people I guess her family think it's really important. I personally think it's really important. Um, But surely COP26, the most significant meeting ever in the history of the world. Um, Surely that is more important. Well, yes and no. I think there are many, many things that we could say about this and how we could sum it up, but I'll let Brendan O'Neill sum it up for me anyway.
1: I think it's increasingly repulsive and I think it is, It's hard to remember the last time there was such a collection of hypocrites and narcissists and virtue signalers as there are uh, at COP26. But I think what it really looks like to many people is a bunch of extremely wealthy individuals telling the rest of us that we have to learn to live with less. Less meat, less flying, less driving. There's a there's a kind of Versailles feel to it. You have this decadent elite who, who drive around in gas-guzzling limousines, who fly in private jets, looking down their noses at the habits of the masses and telling us to change our ways. I think it's going to backfire. And I think a a lot of people are feeling pretty exhausted with this constant eco lecturing
0: yeah he, he later goes on to talk about how real life meetings are important but he, it's the ideology that he's got and the hypocrisy the ideology that he objects to and the hypocrisy there are three billion people who live in poverty and he, he says that environmentalism looks like rich people telling poor people to tighten their belts Now I often hear, particularly from religious people, climate justice and we need to help the poor. These are words. These are in the words of that great philosopher Greta, blah, blah, blah. Because the reality is all the climate change measures that are proposed will harm the poor. And they say, oh, we're all doing it for the poor. No, I don't think so. There's some good stuff going on at COP. Um, There's an agreement agreement to reduce methane, deforestation, although I do have to say that the deforestation thing, um, that was also agreed in 2014. But I do think that the hysteria and hyperbole are, uh, are so depressing. Um, how do we liberate human beings from poverty? Well, the Chinese have got an idea. They've just announced they're going to spend $440 billion on 150 new nuclear reactors. In the next 15 years, they're going to build more nuclear reactors than the whole world has built in the past 35. And incidentally, China wants the rest of the world to pay $1 trillion for climate change. Developing countries, of course, China, when it comes to money, they say we're not including that, the second largest economy in the world. It's interesting. You know, um, I think if climate change activists are really serious about it, then they'd be arguing for nuclear reactors to restart in Germany, more in the UK, and in Australia, the perfect country for nuclear, because we've got plenty of places we can put the nuclear reactors. And, of course, we have, uh, I think, either the highest or the second highest deposits of uranium in the world. As for the hypocrisy world leaders attending cop 26 there were several of them who flew their private jets into glasgow airport before then jetting off the the jets then went jetted off 40 miles to prestwick airport then flying back to glasgow airport yeah so the wealthy and the rich and the leaders who are there telling us all to tighten our belts can have don't take a train from prestwick oh no They've got to have a private jet into Glasgow Airport. Jeff Bezos has told COP26 going to space made him realise how thin the globe's atmosphere is. Didn't he know that already? The rest of us can do that. And I wonder how much carbon he poured out going into space. When Jeff Bezos says we must reduce our carbon footprint after flying in on his 48 million pound private jet you forgive a certain nauseating. So what's the solution? Is the solution, you know, just to diss the whole thing? Greta seems to think so. Here she is.
3: Inside COP, they are just politicians and people in power pretending to take our future seriously. To, pretending to take the present seriously of the people who are being affected already today by the climate crisis. Change is not going to come from inside there. That is not leadership. This is leadership. This is what leadership looks like.
0: This is leadership, says the 18-year-old. Really? Do you know know, One of the interesting things that's happened to her, she's become much more foul-mouthed. She's moved from the angelic girl trying to save the planet to the foul-mouthed teenager leading the revolution. I don't know why she's given so much airtime. Others do, David Starkey thinks he does. Here, here he
2: is talking about Greta. Greta Thunberg is not really an environmentalist. She's just wearing environmentalist dress. Let me tell you what she is. Let me. She's really a religious nutter at Hyde Park Corner. The end of the world is nigh. This is a form of millenarianism. It's completely known about, it appears repeatedly throughout history. And what we've done, we've got rid of God without getting rid of religion. And what what you have with somebody like Thunberg is she really worships the earth. She's a nature she's a worshiper of the nature goddess, mm-hmm. right? And but what we've done, we've brought the whole notion of flagellant Christianity. You as a Catholic will know all about this. We mustn't have too much pleasure. It's very What do you do if you have too much pleasure? You flagellate yourself. You mustn't have too many possessions because they make you luxurious. Another great Catholic, Savonarola, at the end of the 15th century in Florence, which is again, one of the precursors of all this, the world of the Medici, the wonderful multiplication of goods in Florence. What do they do? Oh, we have sinned, we have sinned. We burn, you have a bonfire of the vanities.
0: I think all of that is fascinating, the whole interview, but not least, when he, or is it Colin, who, who talks, of science? G.K. Chesterton's, when you cease to believe in God, you believe in nothing. Starkey, and I don't always agree with Starkey, often don't agree with him, but he says this, he says, we are now believing in nature worship. We've got rid of God. We haven't got rid of religion. We've got a new religion, and Greta is like a medieval child saint, being used and abused, actually. Never mind. We've always got this. That's EastEnders, of course. Well, guess what? Over the course of this week, they're going to be carefully coordinated. There have been carefully coordinated plot lines seeing characters from Casualty and Coronation Street and Doctors and EastEnders and Emmerdale and Holby City and Hollyoaks. All, guess what? Discussing the environment. And, of course, the discussion, the good guys will be for limiting climate change and the bad guys will be against. And the message is to get it over. The BBC, of course, is continually, every single day, drip, 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 feeding us stories of, actually showering us with stories of gloom and doom. Ah, well. Do you know, soap operas are initially... After the Second World War, we call them soap operas because the British government used things like the Archers to try and get dramas, radio dramas in particular, to get people to use more soap. That's how they're called soap operas. Okay, let's just remind ourselves of this.
2: He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his his hands. He's got the wind and the rain in his hand. He's got the wind and the rain in his hand. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands, The steady Albert. He's got the sinner man in his hands. He's got the sinner man in his hands. He's got the sinner man in his hand, He's got the, man in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hands.
4: He's got the little
1: baby. His hands He's got the little baby. His hands, got
2: the baby hands. Got the whole
0: That was uh, Johnny Cash and I think Linda Rodstadt and some others singing He's got the whole world in his hands. Rebecca McLaughlin, wonderful author, Christian author tweeted this week about her daughter in the United States coming home from her school where she'd been taught the song We've got the whole world. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole wide world in our hands. We. Us. I think that's the message of COP26. I think that's the message of the leaders. I think that's the message of the media. I think that's the message of the soaps. It's us we're in charge. Really? Well, as someone said, our hands are really dirty. And it's no wonder our kids are getting hysterical. One more just comment on the whole of this. I think that this will be used to try and get rid of or diminish the power of the nation state. They will argue that this is a worldwide emergency, demands worldwide solutions, and Uh, nation-states must be compelled to obey what, guess what? Who? Other nation-states, say? Or the corporations? The unelected bureaucrats? The tech billionaires? The people who are going to make a lot of money out of this? All right. Let's come to Australia and let's talk about how, um, well, of course, Candice Owens, she's suggesting that we... We need to be liberated by American troops. Listen to this. When do we invade Australia and free and oppressed people who are suffering under a totalitarian regime? When do we spend trillions of dollars to spread
3: democracy
4: in Australia? Australia currently, make no mistake, is a tyrannical police state. Its citizens are quite literally being imprisoned against their will. So when do we deploy?
0: Now, okay, people are making fun. She's making fun. And I think she you know, in a, in a way it's right to make fun. I'm sorry, but we're not imprisoned here. Uh, and we've enjoyed a great deal of freedoms and we still do. However, this is typical of social media narrative. On the one hand, you get somebody making an extreme statement. And on the other hand, you get people reacting, saying this extreme statement negates any truth that is behind it. And there is some truth in what she's saying. Not in terms of us not being able to go out but in terms of the powers that are being taken by politicians. So let's go to Victoria and there the Public Health and Wellbeing Amendment Pandemic Management Bill 2021, about to be passed into an act, gives the Premier Dan Anderson, Chairman Dan, extraordinary new powers that far exceed those that he's already got. Now, grasp this. Try and understand this. This is in a democratic country. He will have the power to make pandemic declarations and extend them every three months without ever having to seek approval from the elected parliament. And this is the most astonishing thing. There doesn't even need to be a pandemic causing disease in the state. The health minister will have the power to make any order the minister believes is reasonably necessary to protect public health. Now, that's unlimited power because he can say he believes anything to be reasonably necessary they can rule by decree they can impose restrictions on movement lim- limits on public and private gatherings including churches they can mandate that businesses close they can impose curfews they can do this and much more without there being a pandemic and without ever having to go through the elected representatives and if you don't comply As an individual, you can be fined over $90,000 or a business or church or whatever, $450,000. And then guess this. Here's the hypocrisy of this. This is the kind of thing that we're talking about with climate change. There's one rule for the rich and the elites and the powerful and another law for the rest of us because the bill includes provisions that allow health orders to be targeted at specific classes of people. So the Andrews government could exempt itself but it can discriminate against people based on their race, their sex, their religion, their political beliefs. No government should have that power. Speaking of which, we go back to Western Australia and rightly so, Mark McGowan is, I think, genuinely moved and pleased at the police being able to reunite that family, Cleo Smith's family but there's another man from Western Australia who went to visit his dying mother. He flew into Sydney from overseas. He wanted to go to New South Wales, sorry, to Western Australia from New South Wales to visit his dying mother. And McGowan won't let him, not at all. We have to protect people, don't we? All right, um, we're going to. I'm going to play this piece again. Uh, I played it before. It's worth playing again. I'll tell you why in a moment. But first of all, listen to this. What now well-known Monty Python skit?
4: I do feel, Reg, that any anti-imperialist group like ours must reflect such a divergence of interests within its power base. Agreed,
2: Francis. Yeah, I think Judy's point of view is very valid, Reg. Provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man, or woman, woman, to rid himself, or herself, or herself, agreed, thank you, brother, or sister, or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man, or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one what I want to be a woman from now on I want you all to call me Loretta what it's my right as a man well why do you want to be Loretta Stan I want to have babies you want to have babies it's every man's right to have babies if he wants them but you can't have babies don't you oppress me I'm not oppressing you Stan you haven't got a womb where's the fetus gonna just take you're gonna keep it in a box
4: here i've got an idea suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies not having a womb which is nobody's fault not even the romans but that he can have the right to have babies good idea judith
2: we shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies brother sister sorry what's the point what what's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies it is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality.
0: Well, Terry Gillam of Monty Python is the latest artist to be cancelled. He was due to direct Stephen Sondheim's into the woods at the Old Vic in London, but some of the staff there didn't want him to because of things that he had said. He, for example, rubbished the idea of white privilege and had a pop at identity politics when he was interviewed by a journalist from The Independent. He said that he was a black lesbian in transition. Now, he's been cancelled. Just been cancelled. His skit all those years ago has turned out to be true.
1: Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey.
0: And then, there's something going on in the United States, and I want to try and explain this. Um, first of all, listen to this song that's the number one rap song in the US. For those of you who are in the US, you probably are all in on the joke and you understand it. But for us ignorant foreigners, let me explain what it is. And I say it with a passion As I pull off in the ass, Don't nobody like his ass, huh Try to cover up and tell the people, go brand, but we know what they saying no. You can hear the chant in every post Don't nobody want this comic Cause we not in China Everybody hated Trump And now they have to catch a body That's what they get for treating us Like we in square Games Green light, mandate Like he's insane These times people waking up to anything Go Brandon But we all know what the saying mean Well let's start by answering Who is Brandon? <laughs> um, Brandon Brown is a NASCAR driver He did a report uh, I was interviewed, and here's the interview with reporter so Kelly Stavis. Listen to this.
3: Thank you, Mid-Atlantic. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh, my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment.
1: Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon,
4: you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first Now,
0: and just... she said that they were chanting let's go, Brandon, hence the phrase. What's this got to do with American politics? They were actually shouting, I hope you didn't hear it, but expletive uh, against Joe Biden. And this whole thing has blown out into a cultural meme, which is a, a massive inside joke and part, I suppose, of the US culture wars. But that's seen in different ways. Now, something extraordinary happened in the US this week. In Virginia, which is... A shoe in. It should be a shoe in for a, a democratic candidate. Uh, there was a newcomer for the Republicans, Glenn Youngkin. There was a well-established with a well-oiled political machine, uh, Terry McAuliffe, um, for the governorship, and he lost. And that's extraordinary. By the way, um, it's not just that he lost, but the the, the the I think the whole Senate in in Virginia went over to the Democrats. The House did, and there was a woman a Republican woman has become the first lieutenant governor in Virginia. Now, what I like about this a lot is that, first of all, she's a black woman, and secondly, her name, Winsome Sears. I think I'll change my name to Winsome. Um, Now, you may not remember this, but let me just remind you of the story of Scott Smith, who's the father of a 15-year-old girl who he alleged had been assaulted in a school by a boy who was wearing a skirt. And just, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but he was ridiculed, he was uh, tackled by the police, he was mocked by transgender activists and so on. And guess what? It turns out, that, look, you just look it up, the story of Loudoun County, it turns out that he was right. The boy has now been charged. It also turns out that one of the, uh, the school supervisors had lied about there being no problem the Loudon school superintendent lied when he said that it never happened and that this boy had also gone to another school where he proceeded to sexually assault another girl according to current charges this is one of the first elections where these kinds of issues have played a really significant part all right um let's let's come on to the church i want i want you to Listen to this. This is part of an interfaith gathering at the COP26. Just, just listen to it us for a moment.
4: And we are you. You are all creation, and in honouring you, we affirm our devotion to life on this small planet, healing and protecting it the best we can. It is the season of Samhain, of All Hallows' Eve, and for some, the beginning of a new year. It is the season when darkness grows before the fallow time, when the veil between spiritual and earthly worlds becomes thin. And although we follow different paths, we call upon our ancestors of spirit and history, blood and bone, to forgive us and help us carry on. Today, we ask those who are meeting at this hallowed time, making decisions about the future of our planet, to take into account what we already know to be true. This earth is our mother, our father, our source, our hearth, our home. We exist because it exists. It is long past time to stop taking for granted and destroying this home which gives us all we need. We pray that instead those conferring today listen and they act with wisdom conscience and compassion for the sake of our earth and the generations to come.
0: Okay that was the pagan chaplain taking part in a service where there was a catholic, a protestant, quakers, hindus, buddhist, islamic and by the way the islamic guy had no qualms at all about standing up and and saying there is no god but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet which disses all the others there. And the people were still stupid enough to go, oh, isn't it wonderful how we're all united? He said exactly the opposite. It'd be like me standing up and going, saying, there is no other name given under earth by which one can be saved except Jesus Christ, and unless you repent and turn to Christ, you're lost. Well, he said that, and of course, he got away with it. But this is what gets me. Here, we had a pagan teaching the earth is our mother-father, And here, we had Christian, uh, allegedly Christian, clergy joining in. How did we arrive to this? We've gone back to this religion of Baal. And so-called Christian clergy join in. It's enough to make you want to pray. Well, to make you want to pray... Listen to this extraordinary, I won't do the whole thing, but listen to this extraordinary clip from Jordan Peterson again. One of you sent it to me
3: and I just, it, it, it stuns me. I see even the best of men degenerating into the exchange of blows. I see even the best of men identifying the enemy in our neighbours and friends. I see even the best of men falling prey to cowardice and self-righteous anger it needs to stop i need to stop you need to stop before it's too late who is the enemy here the snake in your heart the lies on your tongue the arrogance of your intellect the cowardice of our refusal to see The enemy is that which divides to sow discord. The enemy is the pride and the fear that stops us from lending a hand across the divide. The enemy is the great and eternal adversary of mankind. And if we demonize our brothers, our comrades in arms, do we not precisely call that dread spirit forth? Have we not yet learned? Courage. Trust. Truth. Love. Even unto your enemy, which is yourself. God forgive us our trespasses. That's His prayer its worth watching
0: the whole thing. I went in about into two minutes and 50 seconds of it. We started there. But what are you aiming at? He says it needs to stop. Who's the enemy? not, not the bad capitalists over there or the bad communists over here or these people or that race or or this group. The enemy is the snake in your heart, your lies, your arrogance, the cowardice of your refusal to see. The enemy is the one who sows the seed of discord. The enemy is Satan, the great and eternal adversary of mankind who teaches us through his demons to demonize others. Wow, it's just extraordinary. Great stuff. Thank you, Mr. Peterson. Um, I'm going to go, but, you know, I think of the Smiths I think of Cleo Smith and her family being reunited. I think of Stephen Smith finally being vindicated when his daughter was abused. And I think of our world and all the mess that it's in. And I think of the prayer of Jordan Peterson, which is so close. So, 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 so close. And I think of communicating this wonderful gospel. So we've got not just this podcast, but the Ass podcast. And boy, we've got a cracker for you this week um, when we interview uh, Bishop, Bishop Rod. Um, and his story is really amazing. He was bitterly attacked in the press. But you know what? I want to leave you with this. Um, Psalm 91, The Sons of Korah. Uh, again, I have played it before, but I'll play it again. When I was in great darkness at one point in my life. This was an absolute light to me. He who dwells in the shelter
1: of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. God and my shield in whom I trust Surely He will save you from the foulest snare, and from the deadly pestilence as well He will cover over you with His feathers and there wings you will find peace and his faithfulness will be your shield
0: When we may feel darkness in different ways and all different kinds of things happening, just dwell in the shelter of the Most High
3: Fear the
1: terror of the night
0: Alright, if you want to support us, Podbean, please go to the Podbean fundraiser. And if you want to come back next week, please do so and spread the word. It's great to see so many people. The audience keeps growing with this, so it's wonderful. And if you've got any information for me, please pass it on. But God bless you and see you next week.
1: A thousand may fall at your side your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only see, you will only observe when judgment comes. For he commands his angels concerning you. Strike your foot against a stone. Well, if you make the most time your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, surely no great harm will befall you, no disaster. commands His angels concerning you, to guard you wherever you may go, to be with you and lift you in their hands, so that you won't strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he knows my name. He will call on me and I will answer. I will be with him always and I will honor With long, long, long life, I will satisfy him.